direct from the six, world-renowned, Canada's largest city, with Canada's biggest thinkers, visionaries, and hustlers. This is Startup Talk, featuring the founders, funders, innovators, and community leaders who've led Canada's startup ecosystem right here in Toronto. You'll hear the challenges, the failures, the successes. Toronto's Startup Podcast gives you the full story direct from the entrepreneurs and influencers who've made a difference. Now, the host of Startup Talk, the founder of Toronto Starts, the Startup Coach. It's a startup coach here, and I'm down at the CNE Innovation Garage again, and I'm talking to Emelina from Envision TO. Welcome, Emelina. Hi, uh, it's nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. So tell me about uh, Envision TO and what you're doing here at the CNE Innovation Garage. Absolutely. We are a virtual reality company that started about two years ago. And what we do is we take people back in time through our time portals. So we allow people to experience Toronto's historic sites at any point in the past and at any point in the future. It's actually really exciting. We've got quite a few sites around the city and we're working with the city of Toronto right now and Toronto historic sites to actually uh, build out more of a map here in Toronto. That's fantastic. The city of Toronto is a partner of ours. Um, So tell me, I just experienced uh, quickly before we started chatting, the going back in time and taking a look and that was pretty amazing. So what is your goal with this? Um, I was in the distillery district and then I went back 30, 40 years? Well, how did that work? You, did. you actually went back to 1830. Oh, thank you. From present time, which is really phenomenal, especially because the view that you saw, the waterfront is completely changed. So you're up right against the lake there. So it's quite crazy. Yeah, everything looked completely different. The old ships, the it was amazing. The yeah. windmill, all that kind of stuff. Um, completely different. So very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. How do you make money doing this? Uh, So that's the exciting part. Okay, so as you know, in North America, tourism isn't really our main industry. We don't really have much to see of the past, not much to experience. So what we're doing right now is we're working with uh, businesses and uh, real estate developers and investment companies to build out their condos and offer them Section 37 benefits, which is something valuable to developers, not something most people would understand. But um, it allows them to, for example, show off a building as if it's already there to investors that live in maybe China, wherever they may live, and allows them to experience the space about six years before that's even created. So monetarily, you're looking to the future, not to the past. Absolutely. Um, here in Toronto and North America, yes, there's not much of a possibility for uh, you know financial aid in what we're doing um, in North America. But in Europe and uh, in other countries over there, they actually, their main industry in Italy especially is tourism. So that's how they make most of their money. And they have a lot of money to invest in things like this. So this is kind of where they're headed, which is very exciting. So we talked about the development models. Let's go back to that for a bit. So uh, I'm going to build a condo or high rise and I would hire you one to take a look at the land. But um, is that for to get investments to help me build everything? Is that 100%? Well, actually, so we work with real estate developers and investors, like I said. And um, a lot of the times they build out a building. And uh, or they have an idea of what they want it to look like and they don't know what it's going to look like in the space uh, in the next six years because it's not going to be built for another three years or started until then. Uh, And they want to take a look at what it will look like finished. So what we do is we can offer them a full virtual reality, left eye, right eye, 3D experience where they can really see in detail what that building will look like and then also show their investors. Uh, It's I mean, when you hear some about something that you might want to spend a lot of money on, uh, it's you, you don't. It's not an instant, sorry, let me start again there. You don't, 
it's more convincing when you want to purchase something to look at what you're purchasing versus just hearing about it. Uh, it's, it's easier to imagine a building that will, that will only be finished in six years when you've, when you've seen it. Well, the more high price ticket item it is, the yes. more um, social and visible and proof you need to make sure to give to someone before they make that kind of investment. 100%. And if you're talking yeah. about hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever it is from a, an investment vehicle for high rises, yeah. then yeah. Um, what about, are people using this for, you know, uh, environmental and social impact when you're trying to convince a city what it's going to look like if you dig up this land? Is 100% that- actually. We really want to focus on urban development and urban planning here because this city, uh, a lot of condos go up all the time. There's a lot of development. There's not a lot of green spaces and there's not a lot of people looking towards the future for, for the places that we live. So it's exciting for us to be able to kind of influence that. We're working with a developer called Tricon, an investment company actually, here in Toronto near Sherburne and Bloor, which we're going to put our first plaque in the ground. We can talk about that later um, there. And they wanted us to show off their building in 10 years so that the people that will move into the building can really get a feel for how popular the area will end up being. So can I go a little bit deeper on tech with you? Absolutely. All right. So how does this work? How do you project a building into the future? Do you go look at other buildings? How does that so we look at, we take Toronto archival information, so it's it, whether it's in the past or the future, and we really have to talk to the city and see what they want to develop uh, the area into. A lot of the developers don't know everything about the area in the next five years. They do know a little bit, but we have to kind of grab our information from wherever we can get it. And what we do is we build out a full new 3D model of exactly what that space will look like. So in order to give you a view of, uh, of where that building will be, we have to create the world in digital space and then we can drop a camera for you to look at that world at, at any point in the, in the view. So it's quite exciting. And how long does that process take? Three months for one view. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it's not regular uh, persons like me coming to say, hey, I'd love to look what my house would have looked like way back when. If you are very rich <laughs> and want to experience that, absolutely, we can do that. And hopefully in the future, the technology will become available to make it easier to do so and to create those views. But right now, our artists, uh, they build out everything piece by piece. They don't, you know, it's not cookie cutter. You don't just get a model of a tree and toss it in there, you know. He has to individually design every leaf on that tree and the bark and the trees behind the windows, everything. So it's I would imagine over time, though, you might be able to reuse some of those trees once you have thousands of them. Eventually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once we modeled a couple hundred, then we can start using them again in the future. So how uh, long have you been doing this or so the company's been around for two years and it started a bit as an art project. Uh, I joined the company about eight months ago now. Um, which is very, very exciting. And I come from a business background. So the rest of the team actually has an artistic background. Uh, and I walked in and said, you guys are charging way too little money. Let's let's move forward, make this a business and get this all over the world. And that's kind of uh, when we really started rolling. Well, that's interesting. A lot of startups, they undervalue their product mm-hmm. and they think they have, the, um, they have to meet competition or they have to do this. And Absolutely. one of the things I, I always coach is... Um, your customer more than your competition should inform your pricing. So how did they take it when you came in and said, wait a minute, you're charging too much. And how did that conversation go from wherever they were charging to what you're charging now? Um, They were very willing to move forward because, I mean, they were all artists. It was an art project. The CEO of our company, Summer Lee, she uh, was a photographer and came across this idea as a photographer. And she's used to not making as much money because today art is severely undervalued. Um, and, uh, I walked in, I suggested that we make a few changes. They were very willing, 
very ready to, to do so in order to progress. And they really had a vision for the future of this company. They just didn't know how to go about it. So that's kind of where I came in and they were so willing. So you put your business hat on uh, yeah. around a bunch of artists. So I work with artists. I work with creatives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like herding cats. How does that work for you? <laughs> well, you don't want to. Here's the thing. I've got a bit of an art background as well. But like I, I totally get where you're coming from. You don't want to totally change their vision. They have a distinct version of what they want to kind of come into the world. Right. And it's their baby, you know, as with any CEO, as with any founder of a company. So it's nice to come in and have somebody be so open to business changes. I think that's where startups really succeed is you have to be open to changes because this world is changing so rapidly around us, especially development in Toronto, which is what we focus on. But uh, yeah, they were so willing. They were so able. And I came from a bit of an art background, too, and was able to, to sympathize and respectfully move forward. And there's there's no uh, it's just a creatives generally um, their process is completely different than yeah. a business or and um, they clash a lot of times. So it's interesting to see how yeah. that gets interpreted. Yeah. Uh, so you come in, you make these changes, you're uh, increasing the pricing. Uh, are you getting new clients? How oh, is that client process working? Absolutely. As soon as we took a little bit more of a business focus, uh, which, you know, in some ways, it's, I'd say it's easy. It's not always easy. There are some parts that you have to kind of like pull teeth on a little bit. But once the adjustments are made, the business comes kind of moves forward in, in a beneficial way. So we instantly, after making the changes that we made in the beginning, um, had a meeting with Pearson Airport. And we also had a meeting with a really big developer in the city. Um, and we have very interested parties moving forward as well because of the changes we made. And now that we're focusing on selling to the market that is ready to, you know, invest in what we're doing um, for themselves. You know, it, it, it was a no-brainer for a lot of companies to move forward with us. So we talked a little bit about tourism at yep. the beginning, but it sounds like you're focusing in a completely other area right now. We've got two sectors of our company. So okay. Envision to Yo actually is the uh, is the product that we give to the, the public. It's consumer um, consumer model for Envision to Yo. So we focus on providing people with a, a view of you know the history of the city and hopefully the history of the world eventually, but um, we recognize that in North America, it's almost impossible to make money doing that. The city will not offer you nearly what you need to do that. Um, and what you're looking at is only brand sponsorships, which can be a little difficult at times, like incorporating an old Coca-Cola banner in, in a 1921 uh, view. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, the, the money in North America right now really is in the business side. So we have a B2B company called Envision VR which is fantastic. So we've just got a bunch of lawyers on that. We've trademarked a bunch of things and really excited, but that's uh, separate. And Envision to you is a product of that, essentially. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I yeah. could see the reason why you'd want to continue to do uh, Envision to you is marketing and all sorts of other things to yeah. make general awareness of uh, everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, and yeah, potentially is a good business model for advertising and all that stuff. But uh, we'd have Here. to, once you get going... So the focus would be on Envision VR. Yes, absolutely. In North America, definitely. And uh, because that's where all the money is made. And we can actually use some of the funds there to fund Envision TO. And of course, like I said, and like we were talking about earlier, um, working with artists, you don't want to change their vision. They want to do what they love for the rest of their lives. That's why we started this company, so that they could do that and thrive, at least in some way. Um, and Envision VR allows them to do that. They can continue to work on Envision TO and mapping out the city eventually mapping out the world. Um, and we have a business side that makes some money and pleases investors and makes us all happy. 
So how are you finding new customers now in the B2B model? Um, actually, fantastically open to virtual reality. Right now, it's I think VR is still in its early stages. Not a lot of people know that they can scan a QR code and visit like a, in augmented reality or VR uh, a site and, and just really experience something in a different way. Uh, nobody has virtual reality headsets at home. And so I think a lot of businesses kind of want to be on the, the cutting edge of that. They want to be there in the beginning and, and really offer that to, to their consumers as well. Passerbys that, that walk by a developer's new building. Um, they want to offer something that really intrigues the public. And I think we, we can help them do that. I think it'd definitely be a great sales tool. You're yeah. walking by, taking a look at the future ground, coming yeah. to talk to the sales office, that kind of stuff. Definitely. So when I see, um, how are you, is it cold calling when you're talking to uh, developers? How are you reaching out to them and say, hey, we have the service available. How are they finding out about you? So I actually went to a lot of networking conferences and I met a lot of people that way. And uh, I feel like in Toronto, when you meet a couple people in the business world, they know a lot of people. And, you know, you just you build out a connection, a network uh, in that way. And that's kind of how we got our first couple clients. Um, I knew some of our the businesses that we worked with uh, personally, at least a little bit. And they were very open to the idea. So in the future, it is going to be a lot of cold calling and uh, using proof from previous uh, jobs that we've done with developers and investors such as the Tricon view, we're, we're almost finished actually right now. We can now show other businesses, other developers, investors, these views, and they can see, wow, this is actually incredibly beneficial to our business. This is how they benefited. I want to benefit in the same way. And uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. Cold calling does come into it though. Interesting. And you know, I worked, uh, I was talking to a company, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they do the drone and 3D dimensional mapping of mines. Wow for you know investment and geological surveys and environmental impact Very cool. um, yeah and exactly trying to take uh map out the vein map out the data what it's going to look like before and after a dig and all that kind of stuff yeah. and um and they use a lot of drone technology and stuff to map that kind of stuff out but it's a complete it's not a vr based system there do videos and whatnot this is immersion um yeah. and it's i would assume it it's 10 times the work Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Our creative designer, uh, sorry, creative director, Matthew Borat, he's an incredible artist. And that's all he did for it. Just art, right? Like we talked about earlier. And uh, it does take hours and hours and hours of dedicated work, especially when there's so much detail involved. We pride ourselves in our detail and the ability to offer kind of an artistic render of what a lot of developers already have. You know what I mean? They have a model of their building a CAD file, if anyone knows what that is, <laughs> of the building ready that they can show people, but it doesn't look very pretty. You don't know what the surrounding area looks like. You just see that there's going to be a lot of construction in your area, and it's going to be quite annoying. So it is. it takes a long time, yeah. But when we have the right team working together, we have some remote modelers as well that help them out. Uh, we're getting animation in there now, which is really exciting. Um, once all of these kind of moving parts come together, it just it, it works seamlessly for us now. I, uh, it sounds like it's all coming together, and I'm, I'm remembering back to, you know, they recently knocked down Honest Ed's, and they're putting up a big complex down there. Mm -hmm. But that took years and years for approval right? and years for uh, the community to get behind it. Yeah. So something like this would be of extreme value for everybody to show what it's going to look like, how it's going to. I think a lot of the models they had were very two-dimensional, and you really couldn't get a good perspective. Yeah. So, yeah I definitely find... Uh, 
that they could have found this a value to be able to move this, uh, shorten their life cycle months to get approval. Exactly. Well, that is one of the benefits, right? And then you and I were so used to being able to go on our phones and get everything we need instantly. It's instant. But when you see construction happening, it's a very slow process. You and I can see a picture, a non-3D photo of what this will be like. It's a sketch of a building and it'll be quite annoying because we know it's going to be loud and busy and we don't know how it's going to fit in with our neighborhood. Should we sell our condo? Should we move somewhere else? Like it's we allow people a bit of a peace of mind because they can instantly see what the neighborhood's going to look like, what they might benefit from in the future um, and maybe understand a little bit more about why the developers are doing what they're doing. And the one thing you don't get from the uh, 2D rendering and whatnot, even if they do a 3D rendering, is perspective. 100%. Um, so I think the VR world is right to say, all right, I'm walking by this site and there's a picture of what it's going to look like. Yeah. But that's a picture. And, you know, in a, on an 8 by 11 sheet of paper and I'm a six foot tall person. Exactly. I'm trying to, that's not going to look like what happens when I walk by this building every day. 100%. Actually, the funniest thing I just remembered. So Ellis Dawn is doing, it's a developer is doing a, I think, a $3.5 billion expansion of the waterfront on the east side of Toronto downtown. And uh, all they were showing people on the news of this development, they were doing a little interview thing with passerbys, was a piece of paper with a black and white sketch of what it was going to look like. <laughs> How does anybody get anything approved like that? I know. And like it's funny because the interviewer was passing the paper to somebody, holding the microphone up and going, what do you think? And the passerby was just like, well... Okay, I mean, there's a tree. So, like, can you imagine? Like, show them what it would look like. Put on the headset. It seems like a no brainer. Yeah, and also, when you, every time I see that one piece of paper that's up like that, I was like, did you just have your kid draw this at home one day? <laughs> exactly. Like, is it, like, you don't bother $3.5 billion and you can't, you know, get a proper picture, never mind anything else, to they show don't even people. Because that's yeah. the way it's been done, you know what I mean? But now if if you can offer people a visual reason why they should they will enjoy this space and why they should be excited about this space, like what we can provide, it's it's you know, it doesn't it seems crazy that people aren't doing it, you know? So do you know why the creatives decide uh, VR is you can do anything? Absolutely. Um, why they decided to map out Toronto versus create a whole new world and do whatever they wanted? Well, uh, so yeah, what you said about it being, you know, infinite. There's so many possibilities in virtual reality. Once you've got another world literally in your hands, you could do anything. You could uh, start a bar in virtual reality and like offer people the opportunity to get that experience. I don't know. Like it's infinite. Um the creators, the CEO uh, and founder of this company and the creative director really love Toronto history and they've lived here their whole lives. And there is such a, his a rich history in this city that people have no idea about because North America is so new, you know what I mean? Especially Canada. And uh, this, this city itself, Toronto is only 150 years old, right? It's, it's nuts. Or sorry, 185, I think. But uh, Canada as a country is so young. But in developments go up and people don't, there's not a lot of heritage buildings that people can see and experience, which you would normally see in Europe um, that are hundreds of years old. So, so it's nice to be able to show people what Toronto was like 150 years ago and have them say, wow, this is incredible. And I had no idea this even existed. We don't have heritage preservation here. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, one of the stories that are told about downtown Toronto is the Royal York Hotel was one time 
the tallest building in the uh, uh, European Empire. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see what that was like then. Like right now, really? It's surrounded by all these things that are 10 times its height. Exactly. And- it doesn't look nearly as impressive. They don't restore it properly. And it's just like, it's kind of crazy. You, you can have someone describe to you or read off a piece of paper what that building was like back in the day. But you really, really cannot experience it unless you look around, see people in the time period clothing that they would be wearing, see the greenery that was once there, you know, the, the horses and buggies, <laughs> you know, the magnific- magnificence of, of the building as it was um, on its own as a verse to now when there's giant condo buildings next to it, right? So I, I think it's a great uh, story, just the concept of, all right, we've got a bunch of artists that are inspired about history and we yeah. want to recreate the city, uh, but how do we do that and pay for it? Let's engage our creativity to offer these types of things off to buildings like that and inspire us, our creativity, yeah. and that allows us to build a building to inspire a vision about mapping out this world in VR. I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily... I think this is very passionate. If I was creating a whole new world, I might create a whole new world rather than the same one again. Yeah. That's a whole different kind of conversation. Uh, uh, it's fantastic to know about this. Do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs who are starting out? Absolutely. I'm 21 myself, and my dad was an entrepreneur before me. And I grew up in a family that, even though my dad was an entrepreneur, really wanted me to go to university and go the, you know, the traditional route, get a jo- good job, uh, work in an office. Uh, if you are passionate about something, I really think that you should break whatever mold you're in, whatever mold other people have put you in, and just explore what you're passionate about. Take a second, see what you can do with it, and really do what makes you happy. Because if I didn't, I'd listen to everybody else who told me to go to vet school, and I'd still be there right now. I went to university, left after a month when I had a business idea, and moved to the city. And here I am. So Do what you love. Uh for as long as you want. Exactly. Yeah. It'll yeah. make you so much happier. You won't feel like you're working and you'll never even think about the word retirement because you'll just want to keep doing it for the rest of your life. It's great advice. I recently interviewed somebody who was who talked about basically this saying, you know, whatever you're going to do in your life may or may not be successful. You're going to be whatever work you do. It may not lead, go to the next level or may so you might as well do something you love and enjoy yeah. um, and put your passion behind that. Yeah. And if it works out, you'll make a lot more money than you would in that office space. You might have a lot of failure, but that's normal, you know. So for, uh, it's great to have you here. How do If people want to know more about Envision TO and Envision VR, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they find out more? For sure. Um, we have social media. So it's Envision.to. And we also have a website at the exact same address. So it's www.envision.to and that's it. Thank you for being on Startup Talk. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been Startup Talk, Toronto's startup podcast. For more exclusive content, the episode vault, and to be part of Toronto Starts community, visit torontostarts.com. Get your name on the newsletter mailing list and check out our upcoming events. For more episodes, subscribe now. And please recognize the time and work behind the scenes put into connecting you with the biggest visionaries, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Toronto by leaving a five-star review. Join us for more next episode from Toronto's most active entrepreneur and startup community on Startup Talk.